Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, your daily Talmud page podcast. It is my great joy today to welcome one of my favorite Talmudic scholars, my dear friend and co-host on Unorthodox, Rabbi Hasidic master Mark Oppenheimer. Shalom, Mark. Shalom. I honor the corduroy ensemble in you, and I hope you honor the divinity in me. I think we were very... uh, L.L. Bean we uh, are tired today. three quarters corduroy. My shirt is flannel, but your pants and shirt and my pants are all the cord du roi, the, the, the king's cord, the king's fabric, as it were. It is the outfit of the very pious. Yes, that's right. Um, so first of all- Reish Lakish would never study Torah without unless, at least one corduroy garment that is a, on his person. Well-known Talmudic fact. <laughs> so it's- it's a custom uh, on this show to ask people about I like how own. you're like three weeks in, you got a custom. Of course you do. It's Jews. If you do it once, <laughs> it's a custom, okay. right? To ask people about their own Talmudic journey. So this this cycle, you've been you've been reading along. What's I've been keeping like? up. I'm doing a soft daf yomi, <laughs> which is that, you know, I'm, I don't own it. I went on eBay to try to find, I thought I will buy the Davidson or the Stein Salts, one of the English translations, the Koran, one of those, only to discover that to get all of the, what are there, 26 volumes or something like that? Uh, it's, you know, a nice used set is about $900 on eBay. Uh, so not having a grand to spend on this right now because my children insist you on have eating. Five, five of them. They insist on eating every day in the winter. Uh, I'm using safaria.org, which has the Davidson translation. Uh, you can just, it's just infinite scroll. You can just keep going for seven and a half years on, in one open window. And I've, yeah, I've, most days I've been reading it uh, usually right before I go to bed. Usually, you know, Right after I do the last of the dishes I'm, and let the dogs out for their evening pee and I'm about to turn the lights out, I say I'm going to take 10, 15 more minutes and read uh, the daf. So, uh, you know, I've missed a day here and there and then caught up, but it's it's been nice and meditative. It's a good day-ending ritual. But you're, you're feeling, you're connecting to the love. You're feeling I am connecting. I mean, what's amazing to me is how accessible it is, right, is that we tend to think when we're on a journey of learning more about Judaism – and this is true even for observant Jews who say, well, you know, when you're, you know, 10 years in, in high school, 11th grade, you know, you'll get to, to Talmud or something. Um, or, you know, there's the traditions that you're not ready for Talmud until you're 40 years old and you're ready for Kabbalah after. The, there's all these ages, stages at which you get. But actually, if one ignores all of those pieties, it's really a bunch of stories, right? It's Mishnah prompting them to digress around Mishnah, often with these agada, these these tales, these just legends that are really kind of uh, bedtime stories. And so I wanted to talk to you about one of my favorite aspects of it. We're doing pages 16 and and 17, which begin uh, detailing these really charming traditions of uh, documenting precisely what each one of these amazing sages would say as a sort of personal after prayer after concluding the the prescribed prayer. So each one of these Talmudic sages had his own little kind of aperçu that that they would add, including some that have made it into the Sidur. For example, the, the beautiful one, I believe by Rabbi Yudanasi, that says, May it be your will, Hashem, our God and the God of our fathers, to save us from brazen people, from the trait of brazenness, from an evil man, an evil mishap, from evil inclination, from an evil companion, from an evil neighbor, and from the destructive accuser, from a hard judgment, and from a hard opposing litigant, whether he is a member of the covenant or not a member of the covenant. This is kind of like, it really gets into this. It's saying don't sue people. It's saying don't be litigious. If you are in a lawsuit, chill out, right? A litigant, a non-Jewish litigant, a Jewish litigant. What I find so beautiful about all of these, uh, a a couple things. Uh, Number one, as you say, some of them connect directly to a Siddur. If you've been to one bar mitzvah, you might have paged past it, right? So we think these things were written, you know, between 
200 and 600 in the common era. And yet this is one of the texts from which rabbis cobbled together prayer books published in the 20th century, 21st century that we're still using. So I noticed the one of Mar Ben Ravina. Rabbi Mar said, my God, guard my tongue from evil and my lips from speaking deceit. To those who would curse me, let my soul be silent and may my soul be like dust to you all. Open my heart to Torah. May my soul pursue your mitzvot. Basically, guard my tongue from evil. And I see that every time I I look at the Amidah in the conservative prayer book, uh, at the very end, when you have time to kind of, again, reflect on your own, they suggest this one as a meditation while you're waiting for other people to finish. An exhortation against Lashon Hara, yeah, evil tongue, it, gossip. Right. Having said meanness. your prayer, having said your 18 blessings, the sort of traditional prayer that we're all supposed to say, uh, take some time and meditate on the fact that when you leave shul here today, don't gossip about people, right? Like the, your takeaway, don't gossip about people. The other thing I like about all of these is that they're all a reminder that, yeah, Judaism will prescribe certain rituals for you. It will give you some prayers to recite, but also you can do your own, man. But also don't be a jerk. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of like, don't, don't that's be, a meta mitzvah. Yeah. Have your own ethics and don't be a jerk and don't gossip about people. And these rabbis were each creating their own kind of after prayer, their own dessert after the main course they'd all shared and like come up with your own dessert. And the prayer books still leave space for, say, here's a good time for a silent meditation. One of my my favorite ones is the one by Rav Hamuna and Rav Alexander. And they said, Master of the universe, you know that we desire to fulfill your will, but we're prevented from doing so only by the yeast and the dough, by which they mean to say the evil inclination, which I think is a beautiful metaphor. And our subservience to the nations of the world, may it be your will that you save us from them, and we will then return to wholeheartedly fulfill your will, which I kind of took as a as a grand metaphor from like, look, there are a lot of temptations out there, man. Like we're trying our best here to be good, but there's stuff out there that we love. So I want to put you on the hot seat yep. right now. Rav Mark Ben Tim Oppenheimer. Mark Ben Tim, from... Ben Jimmy, Ben Oscar, <laughs> right. Ben Moshe, Ben Moses, Ben Isaac. Compose for us the prayer that you would say and inscribe in in the modern-day Talmud after your prayers were concluded, your own personal exhortation. Uh, Master of the universe, keeper of classic rock, weaver of corduroy, proprietor of Kellogg's and General Mills both. He who gives all cereal of all brands and unites mankind and womankind and humankind at the morning breakfast table with the crossword puzzle. Remember that... Somebody today has worked harder than you. However hard you have toiled, somebody else has toiled harder. Remember that somebody was compensated poorly. Remember that someone had an anxiety or a stress or a suffering or an ailment that you were blessed not to have. And remember when that person is impatient with you that a great kindness would be to assume that that person had the worst day of her or his life and to act with kindness um, as if you knew that to be true. Amen to that, which is a perfect segue to another paragraph on page 17, which is kind of really shocking. Um, I'll read it out loud. The sages in Yavne, which is a city in, in Eretz Israel, were wont to say, I who learn Torah am God's creature, and my counterpart who engages in other labor, labor in the field, is God's creature. My work is in the city, and his work is in the field. I rise early for my work, and he rises early for his work. And just as he does not presume to perform my work, so I do not presume to perform his work. Lest you say, I engage in Torah study a lot, while he only engages in Torah study a little, so I am better than he. It has already been taught. One who brings a substantial sacrifice and one who brings a meager sacrifice have equal merit 
as long as he directs his heart towards heaven. What do you make of this? Amazing. It's it's beautiful, right? It's saying, it's saying honor everyone who puts love and intentionality into any work that they do. It's, it's basically a great pan to the division of labor, right? I mean, uh, if you are lucky, you live in a community where there is a baker and a butcher and a candlestick maker and a Torah scholar and a third grade teacher and a sanitation worker. Uh, and all of these people are doing work that is absolutely essential uh, to the well-being of the community. And all of them, if if they're doing it with, with ethics and a good heart and generosity, uh, should be honored equally. Um, I also take something else from this, which is in every microcosm, right? There are going to be, there should be a good division of labor, right? In my marriage, it would make no sense for me uh, to handle the finances or um, the savings <laughs> or the IRA or like anything with numbers. I am married to someone who is an economics major in college. Uh, numbers come very, very easily to her. She's very gifted with mathematics and she's precise and organized and a planner. No sane human being would have me have any part be like, in the finances. You with a plaid shirt. You know, go right. go uh, Similarly, uh, she told me very early on in her marriage that while she believes in many ways that gender roles, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of outdated stereotypes, I would be killing every insect and vermin ever to uh, cross grace, into our grace, uh, abode. And so, and so I have, right? And so, but that, you know, all work is important and, 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 you know, human dignity in here, work lends dignity to the human experience and, and we must dignify it by respecting that. And so the rabbis, uh, yet again, in their infinite wisdom, remind us that though uh, it's easy for us to assume that we are somehow more elevated or more important because we were graced with the good fortune to have good education, good income, good job with many social standings, we must never forget that all those who toil do it with intentionality. All those who toil uh, fix their heart towards a heaven and all those who toil are equally as important. And and all should be compensated and honored for it. I mean, I was, you know, something I'll just, if I can leave with a little bit of, of contemporary politics, you know, I know that a lot of synagogues right now are thinking we have to hire security. So we're going to increase the budget by 10,000, 20,000. Maybe we're going to get a guard on Shabbat. Maybe it'll be daily. Um, I say to all of those synagogues, where if you can find the money for that, have you found the money to pay your janitor enough? Have you found the money to pay uh, your office manager or secretary enough? You know, if, if if all of a sudden the money is there when you feel that you need an armed guard, which you might, uh, was the money there to pay into the health insurance for every employee you have? The sages in Yavne would agree wholeheartedly. Rabbi Oppenheimer, thank you so much. Uh, Rav uh, Liel Bar Papa Lakish Ben Abuya Baruria. Ben Baruria. Ben Baruria. Amen. It's been an honor. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoyed this show, please go rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly section of Reading Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.